What you missed on Prime Time with Clarissa Montero on Money FM. 89.3. It is Clarissa in the studio with me, David Chua, Chief Executive Officer of National Youth Council. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Hi, hi. Hi, everyone. And Clarissa, thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Okay, first and foremost, in Singapore at the National <laughs> Youth Council, what is youth? How is youth defined? What is the age group? <laughs> so I get that a lot. And most people will be surprised by the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 15 to 35. 35. That's right. And I've often asked myself the question, why? as well. Uh, I think for practical policy reasons, mm-hmm. uh, different countries have different definitions. Some right. are up to 40. Yes, I, I, yes. I, I was, that surprised <laughs> me very much in, a, in another interview. So 35 for Singapore. Yes, and I, I do go to young people and I say you're youth and they look at me. No, I'm not. So actually in the Youth Council, we, we try and classify it as just youth and young working adults. Okay, well, let me look at it this way. You are a youth until you can buy a HDB flat. Well, I, I would prefer to extend the definition. I'm, I'm still a youth. Uh, anybody who's young at heart, I, I tell them, <laughs> you, you're still a young person. So, you know, anybody who feels for young people and feels young at heart, okay. I would be happy to include I will you. accept that definition. Okay, now in Singapore, we have noticed um, the youth are increasingly getting engaged in civic and social activities. They're definitely getting more aware. Mm. They want to get involved. They want to help. They want to make the world a better place. And this is actually a very, very heartening statistic, right? Yes. Indeed. I think it's it's fantastic. It's wonderful. I never would have been thinking about this as a 15-year-old myself, um, only because I was desperately trying to not fail at school. <laughs> but this is, this is wonderful. And why do you think that is? Well, I think with the increased access to information, more young people are quite aware of what they are capable of and what they can do. Mm-hmm. And I think when they see examples of young people in other countries who are equally activated and championing causes uh, that are right and making a difference, I think our young people are equally aspirational. Okay. And, and, so, and so the question now would be for them, what can they do as empowered citizens? Uh, what will they do? And will they be given the space, the permission, the, the chances to explore uh, this, this sort of uh, development? So, so I think we are on the cusp of something exciting. I think, I think you're right. I mean, I have two youths at home. <laughs> and um, I have to admit that their awareness, their concern, their willingness to be involved in social volunteerism causes, and yes. causes, it just astounds me. I'm very proud of my children, of course. Right. But it also astounds me. It's not just them. It's all their friends. It's their peers. Mm. It's, it's amazing and it's wonderful to see. Yes. So what do we do with that? How do we harness that? How do we encourage it? How do we make them really, really get out there and, and do it? So I think there are a few ways that we can do that. Mm. Uh, in the first place, there has to be some sort of platform where they can voice their aspirations, mm-hmm. they can make their voices known, and they have a larger say. So one, one example would be the youth conversations. Okay. And the youth conversations simply about three things. I would just say it's about empowerment Mm -hmm. it's about perspectives taking and lastly it's about forming a shared perspective the empowerment bit is the most exciting one for us because we do precisely see that young people want to step up some want to take action and also make their voices known and the question is how we can harness that in a meaningful way And, and, and so herein lies a platform where we think about bringing agencies that provide the opportunities for decision making for not for ha- having more consultation and more than that just also hearing the young people have a voice 
in policy making and, and this expands the scope of what a young people can do. So other than just having a conversation, the idea is to move them towards taking action. And action could be self-initiated. Mm-hmm. It could also be partnered with us or agencies. And at the agency level, we want to be able to provide credible opportunities for making a difference. So here's the aspiration. I'm not saying it's going to be an easy journey. I mean, we have partners in the conversation from the rest of government too who will find that it is they are learning to, to open up and to incorporate the youth voices and opinions and allow them a place at the table to make known what they can do to shape Singapore's future. Um, in terms of perspectives, um, it's always good to, to hear the broad spectrum of perspectives as opposed to just listening to certain opinions being echoed on social media, for example. Sure. And, and so it's about broadening perspectives, understanding the, the diverse range of sentiments. But finally, it's also about landing on common ground mm-hmm. that actually despite our differences in some form of opinion or whatever, actually we all hold the same fundamental value or aspiration. And it's because we have that shared value or aspiration, you can do things together. Right. And, and so that's where we hope young people will will realise and, and, and come together and band together to take action as well. We're talking to David Tua, Chief Executive Officer of National Youth Council. Okay, you brought up youth conversations. And this is an interesting thing because I'm, as a mother of two youths, um, I <laughs> am very interested. <laughs> and no, I'd have no trouble talking with them. In fact, sometimes I'm embarrassed to talk to them because they are more aware of certain things than I am. Yes. They're more up on the information and they're telling me things that I didn't know, yep. which is kind of embarrassing as a mom. No, I, no, you know, no. It makes me proud, but at the same time, it's like, oops, I think I've got some research to do. But one of the things that I actually am always curious is what is important to our youth today? You're, you're hearing these conversations. They're coming to you with this. So what is truly important to our youth today? Great question. There are three top concerns in our young people and, and the youth conversations. You, there are two aspects, right? You want to talk about what matters to Singapore? Mm -hmm. And more importantly, what matters to to our youth? Right. They are quite concerned about the future. Mm. And because the future is so fast-moving, it's full of disruptions, they are concerned about a few things. One is how to be relevant to the future economy. Right. What kind of skills they need Mm -hmm. and whether they would have the bodies of knowledge and competencies to to handle that kind of uncertainty. Uh, They they also have a lot of aspirations toward family. So in the top five aspirational bracket, we always notice that family is a key aspect. So future economy, future uncertainty, uh, family, uh, finance and career, these are usually the top bands of concerns that our young people have. Okay. Uh, their main worries though and anxieties would be like as mentioned dealing with uncertainty finance mm. is a big issue so I know money FM is, is <laughs> right on the spot there it's interesting yeah. to me that you say that because my, my son's friends come to the house mm. quite a bit and one of their big concerns is how will they afford a home in the future in Singapore <laughs> that's you know these are kids who are very willing to work very hard in school very willing to put themselves out there these are great kids yes. basically yes. but their concern is how do I afford a home for myself? How do I provide for the family that I will have in the future? And how do I look after me? Well, their parents as we age. So, you know, again, I say as a youth myself, I would never have been thinking about these things. So it's quite amazing to me that a 20 year old is voicing these concerns. I think it's because they are aware of the rapid changes Mm -hmm. and technological disruptions. But more so, actually, uh, we find that the topic of the narrative of success is Mm -hmm. something that resonates quite deeply with them. And if you look at it, it's beyond financial literacy. Mm. It's about what your life goals are. Yes. And whether owning a home is the only 
really go yeah. you should be aiming for you know what I mean well a lot of yeah. them are boys so to them yes sure be- yes but if, if you pr- unpack it there, there are a lot of social mm. narratives behind those goals sure and what does home ownership look like and we have noticed that home ownership is one of the top concerns in our 15 to 35 year age range mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought it would be more the concern of the 25 to 35 year old surprise surprise this uh, in 21 six home ownership also was a top concern for the 15-year-old. So the question is, why is the secretary student worrying about home ownership? Because they see the escalating costs of living. Yes. So they're not stupid. Yes. And, and they're and far the question, more aware than 15-year-olds from 15 years ago. Exactly. So what are the narratives that are shaping their idea of what success actually means? Mm. And, and who should be shaping those narratives? I, I fear we, we are headed down a road where where we don't mature as, as a society. So, so this question of what success means actually is an important one for young people to tackle mm-hmm. and come to terms with what does success look like in, in terms of a social construct sure. in a national construct as a, as a citizen as a member of the community as a family member too uh, and how does home ownership then fit in there and what's realistic so so many many layers of conversations to unpack if, if you ask me we're talking to David Chua Chief Executive Officer at National Youth Council that's true I mean there are a lot of things to unpack and like I said these kids of today Okay, I'm not calling them kids. That's not fair. <laughs> These youths are today. <laughs> See, I sound like a mother. These kids are. <laughs> no, I mean, these youths of today, they really are looking at it from a much broader perspective and, and a much deeper perspective than, than, I, than I was looking at it at, at their age. So mm. I, that's impressive. And you're right, that's, there's more access to information. It's in the schools. So what avenues do they have right now to be heard? Well, the, under the youth conversations, you have a whole range of topics and modalities that you can be engaged on. So mm-hmm. choice is, is something that young people have in terms of what they want to discuss. And we've noticed that there's a lot of interest around climate action, mm. race and religion, social divides, social mobility, mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these are the big buckets. On. And also, actually, our youth are also quite interested in geopolitics. So I'm sure they would be happy to talk about what's happening across the causeway mm-hmm. in terms of the outcomes of the elections. Trump and Kim coming to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where is Singapore's uh, uh, place in, in this whole world arena? Mm-hmm. And how do they make themselves relevant and fit into that? So plenty of things to, to talk about. They, they could come to us and propose topics. They could also volunteer to curate some of these conversations with us, uh, we would be happy. So, one, what, what we don't want to do is just talk about what we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We want to also talk about what the youth want to talk about. And that means being open to a, a plethora of different topics that make sense to them. One of the things that I also find very interesting and quite intriguing is how interested in the environment our youth is today. Exactly, yes. You know, it's like the plastic bag warriors out there are very young and they are very serious about protecting the environment, protecting endangered species, whether here or across the border, in the region, in the world. And I love that about mm. our youth. I think it's absolutely wonderful. I, I did a, a conservation thing where we tried to rescue turtles yep. who were, you know, and, and nurse them back to health. And I was the oldest person in my group. <laughs> Everyone else was in your definition of youth. Oh, good and, for you, yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the bottom end of that spectrum too. And, and I think that's absolutely wonderful because I think that's what the world needs. They need that voice. They need that concern. Yes. And hopefully some of these youths will grow up to be in positions to make the changes that need to be made. They can talk about it now, but what avenues do they have 
to put themselves in a position to actually affect those changes that they that mean so much to them. That's right. And and that's exactly what we're after. Whether it's the youth conversations or some of our other levers that we use to support them, it's about ownership. Mm-hmm. Ownership of what they can do to make a difference to the environment, for their communities, for the country, and even for ASEAN. So, so some of the levers we have as well are things like the National Youth Fund, which supports some of the young change makers initiatives that they propose and the seed funding to support these good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, we have other platforms that also support all these ground-up actions. Um, other things that we, we, we want to do for them. So there is a youth core. Okay. And the youth core Singapore has a range of activities uh, curated with uh, credible partners from the volunteer welfare organisations that give them an opportunity to try what it means to serve others in community. So not all young people want to, to volunteer all of their time, mm, right? But mm. even if they could afford three hours in a year, would they take that opportunity? And that's what the Youth Corps is there for. And slowly it builds a whole traction and a movement towards giving and a caring society. We have uh, uh, opportunities with Outward Bound Singapore. So if you care about an environment, you're going to use outdoor as an avenue also to, to work with other young people, at-risk youth, for example. Uh, come to OBS. We have quite exciting activities. So if you're sporty and you want to get out there, a uh, range of activities for you. The Youth Council also has international programs. Okay. And we get our young people to represent us, to fly the Singapore flag on a range of issues on UN platforms. So we get them to champion sustainable development goals. On the ASEAN platform, there are many youth-to-youth exchanges. And then we have the Youth Expedition Projects, mm-hmm. which goes into various countries to do community service, but at the same time, expose our young people to what's happening out there. So one of the things that we sometimes uh, want our young people to be aware of is that others, their peers in the region, are also up and coming. There's a lot of positive vibes and energy out there. And it's good to not just network, but to be able to benchmark yourself against Mm -hmm. that level of energy and and know how to match and also maybe collaborate and also get out there. Sure. Put Singapore on the map, uh, spread our wings. So so that's what we hope uh, our young people can do. There's a whole range of opportunity. Come to NYC and uh, ask us what what, and, and we'll get you an opportunity. And what would you say to parents who are unaware that there are all these initiatives and opportunities for their youth, their children, who are youths to get involved in? What do you have a message for the parents? <laughs> yeah, no, no. As a parent myself, I would say let not not just let go, but allow allow them to reshape the narrative of what a meaningful, engaged, and purposeful life would look like, and talk to them about that, and redefine their aspirational goals in terms of education, work, family, because that helps them to make the choices, and, and that's what we are after. So, so the the truth is that I have no idea what five, ten years down the road, what the uncertainties look like. Sure. Neither would most of us. Right. Something we can do, we can give them the right values, we can help them build the right values, give them the right experiences and exposures that will shape these values and then talk to them so that they can make the right choices. So so these are the things that parents, we can do. Uh, so don't prejudge, don't jump the gun and form solutions for them and throw them into it. Give them a space to navigate. And that's what we need in Singapore, just a bit more space to, to navigate these very complex life choices. I totally agree with you. And on that note, I'm going to just say one more thing. Okay, sure. it's one small question. Go ahead. As the Chief Executive Officer of National Youth Council, what do you think of the term strawberry generation? <laughs> they are not 
your strawberry generation. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I have to admit, I agree, but I just wanted somebody else to say that, so I'm not alone. Voice. No, yeah, I mean, we all have different terms for the generations before us, <laughs> right. right? And it's not unusual. Mm. And actually, I would say, let them be bruised mm. because then they learn through these experiences and they're not afraid of the bruises. So, so let them go through some of these hard uh, challenges, touch points, because it builds them. And, and this, these are the important parts. But when, when those things happen, journey with them. Yep. Journey with them. And, and I think they'll be in a better position. David Chua, Chief Executive Officer of National Youth Council, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. You're on Money welcome. FM 89.3.